This is Parareality Radio. Good evening, everyone. My name's Sandman, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour tonight. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the show. Well, you know, it's Monday, March the 4th, 2013, and of course, that means that it's time for another episode of Parareality Radio. I'm going to be spending tonight's show debunking the famed Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull, or Skull of Doom, as it was coined by its so-called discoverer, F.A. Mitchell Hedges. The skull is rumored to predict the future, have the ability to contact the dead, uh, supposed to be able to have uh, vast amounts of information stored in its uh, crystals, and uh, just tons of other things. Uh, it, it's even being... Uh, described as the skull of love these days on its website. Uh, supposedly, it was carved out by the ancient Maya some 3,600 years ago. But, is this all true? Well, the short answer to that question is, is obviously no. But you'll have to stay tuned to find out exactly why it's no. But first of all, before we get into the show, I'm going to tell you how you can get in contact with me because, as you know, if you're a regular listener of the show, that there are several different ways that you can go about doing this. First of all, you can reach me on Yahoo Messenger by using my screen name. Just type in GreyDragon98. That's G-R-E-Y-D-R-A-G-O-N with the number 98 tacked on to the end of that. If you're not already on my contact list, please let me know that you listen to the show whenever you send me a friend request. Otherwise, I'll probably just decline your invitation because of all of the spam stuff that goes on on uh, Yahoo Instant Messenger. And you may be wondering, why in the heck do you have Yahoo Instant Messenger if this is a podcast and the show's not live? Well, one day, I'm probably going to be doing the show live again. And uh, I just want to hold on to that Yahoo Messenger back from the old days when I was doing the show live. So that's why. But if you want to get in touch with me on Yahoo, go ahead and uh, just type in my screen name, GreyDragon98, and uh, we'll carry on a conversation on there one day. You never know when I'm going to be around. Um, also, you can send me an email. My email address is sandman at parareality.com, or you can just go to the website, which is obviously parareality.com. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. I'm also on Facebook. How could I forget about that? <laughs> just, uh, if you're on Facebook, just go and, uh, look for me there. Just type in on the search sandman dot parareality. And finally, you can still call the studio line. Uh, I still have that left over from the old live show days. And, and like I said, hopefully one day I'll be doing the show live again. Uh, so I'm hanging on to the studio line. You can call there and leave a message. Feel free at any time. You never know when I'm going to be in the studio. Uh, the number is 615-692-1170. That number to call once again is 615-692-1170. I'm usually uh, in the studio, oh, I don't know, probably about uh, at least two to three days a week. 
um, at varying times. So you never know when I'm going to be there. So I may just actually answer the phone. You can call 24 seven. Uh, if you want to leave a message to be played on the air, go ahead and leave a message. Uh, just, you know, be aware that if you do leave a message, I'm probably going to play that on the air. So if you don't want your, your message to possibly be played on the air, you need to let me know, don't play this on the air. So, uh, anyway, just Call the studio line, 615-692-1170. Anytime you may actually catch me in the studio. If not, just feel free to leave me a message, and I will get back to you. I may, you know, I may even call you back if you leave me your number. Who knows? Never can tell with me. (laughs) All right, so uh, before we get into the Mitchell Hedges Go, I'm going to take a really quick break and let you listen to a little bit of music. This is uh, Grace Potter and the Nocturnals with... The divide, and then I'll come back in a few minutes, and we'll start debunking the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull.
Hi, this is Cece Carroll, a.k.a. Cece the Huntress. I want you to join us at the second annual The Paranormal Awards this April 13th at the Merrimack Valley Railroad Station in North Finland, New Hampshire. The Paranormal Awards are based on your hard work in all genres of the paranormal industry. It's a full-day conference with vendors, entertainers, speakers, and celebrities, and in the evening, the awards presentation. Submit your hard work to be nominated, or just join us for a full day and evening of fun. www.cccthehuntress.com for all the details. Get your ghost on with me. I'm Cece the Huntress. This is Parareality Radio, your information source for all things paranormal. Join your host Sandman and his roster of special guests, experts, and experiencers as they explore the realms of the known and the unknown. New shows broadcast the first Monday of every month at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen online at parareality.com. Turn on, tune in, and find out. All right, that was Grace Potter and the Nocturnals with The Divide off their new album, The Lion, The Beast, The Beat. That's a great album. I'm a, I'm a big Grace Potter and the Nocturnals fan, specifically Grace Potter. She's very talented. Love her music. Check that CD out. Anyway, this isn't a music show, right? This is Pair Reality Radio, so we need to start talking about the Mitchell Hedges skull. We need to get right into debunking this thing. F.A. Mitchell Hedges was an adventurer. He would like to have called himself an explorer, except that all the places that he quote-unquote explored had already been well explored. He never picked up a trowel. He never mapped a site. He never identified an artifact, nor did he have the expertise to do it. If a crystal skull had been found at Lubantoon, as Mitchell Hedges had claimed where he found it, it couldn't have been kept quiet. The news would have been too big to hide something like that. But yet, Mitchell Hedges claims to have told no one, and he somehow secreted the skull out of the country undetected, amazingly. Well, researchers at the ruins have been searching for evidence that backs up Mitchell Hedges' story for years, and all attempts to discover the hiding place that his daughter, his adopted daughter, Anna Mitchell Hedges, describes where she found the skull have, have failed. No one has found anything closely resembling that. However, there's good reasons for that. It's been discovered that Anna Mitchell Hedges was never actually there. In the official records for the Mitchell Hedges expedition to Lubantun in 1927, Anna Mitchell Hedges is nowhere to be found. So where was she? Did she hide in a trunk? Undetected? Uh... Did she come in on a later flight or a boat or whatever? Um, where where the hell was she? No one in the expedition was aware that she was there, yet she claims she's the one who actually found the skull. Well, the long and the short 
of all this is that Anna Mitchell Hedges straight up lied. So what's the real story behind the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull or Skull of Doom? Well, apparently, the truth can be traced actually back to a listing in a Sotheby's catalog. The listing is for a crystal skull identical to the one Mitchell Hedges claims to have found in Lubantun in 1927. The skull was sold at auction at Sotheby's to Mitchell Hedges, so he didn't dig it up at Lubantun. He bought it. This would explain why he refused to reveal exactly how he came across the skull in his autobiography, uh, what is it, Danger My Ally or something like that, some weird title to make it sound, I don't know, make him sound like he was something more than what he actually was. Um, the Mitchell Hedges quartz skull is modern, like every rock crystal skull that's been examined so far. Now, really, I actually believe that this one can be rightly called a fake or hoax since it's almost assuredly an improved version of a very similar skull that can be found in the British Museum, which that skull is an invented artifact that's very well documented. So this is a copy of an invented artifact. A fake. So just with its simple act of being made, just with its act of being here, it, it was it was intended to deceive the public. Documentary evidence indicates that it first appeared in London in early 1933. And according to its owner, its original owner, a man named Sidney Burney, it came from Mexico, the same providence as the one that supplied uh, the one for the British Museum. Now, the, the British Museum crystal skull first appeared in 1881 in Eugene Bobin's Paris shop. Um, he later exhibited this skull and attempted to sell it in Mexico City in 1885 as an Aztec skull. Obviously, the skull was denounced by a Mexican museum curator, calling it a fake, and this caused Bobin to move his business to New York City where he successfully sold it at auction to Tiffany & Company. The British Museum purchased that particular skull in 1898 and has exhibited it from that point on. Now, judging from the date the Mitchell Hedges skull first appeared, along with the evidence provided um, by several people who have studied this skull, it's reasonable to suspect that it was carved somewhere in Europe, copied from the British Museum skull sometime between 1900 and the early 1930s, with the most probable date being closer to 1930. Now, no one knows who created it 
or who sold it to Bernie. Boban had been dead for more than two decades by the time 1933 rolled around, so he can't be implicated with this particular skull. Sidney Burney is the one who finally sold the skull at a Sotheby's London auction to Mitchell Hedges, F.A. Mitchell Hedges, on October the 15th, 1943. And there are records at Sotheby's that uh, actually shows this to be true. And I have actually seen a copy or a picture of the um, actual uh, ad in the, the Sotheby's catalog that had this skull, the F.A. Mitchell Hedges Skull of Doom, up for auction. Um, like I said, it's, it's very clearly described as the skull that Mitchell Hedges is claiming to be the one that he found, quote-unquote, discovered in Lubantun in 1927. Well, his adopted daughter, Anna Mitchell Hedges, she has her version of this story. And her stories of finding the crystal skull under an altar at Lubantun or maybe even inside a deep hole or cave beneath the inside of the pyramid were nothing but her own inventions starting in uh, 1964. Now, this was part of a joint promotion of the skull in which she engaged in the assistance of a man named Frank Dorland. Her confusion of the dates is not the product of a faulty memory, but rather most people believe, and I am included in that, that because Anna was never really actually at Lubantun before she was uh, taken there for a film in the 1990s. I believe that Anna settled on the 1924 date sometime in the 1980s, since in the 1970s she was still claiming to have found it in 1926 or 27. Sometimes she even threw in 1928 in there just to round it out and make it sound good. There's my creepy clock in the background. I can't ever do a show without having my creepy clock sound in the background. The earlier date would have been a more likely one since her father actually visited the site in that year, in around 1927 or so. So the mythology that's grown up surrounding this Mitchell Hedges skull, or skull of doom, it's also known as the skull of knowledge, or as I said earlier, the skull of love, as it's now called on the official Mitchell Hedges website, is the invention of three people. Frederick Mitchell Hedges, followed by Anna Mitchell Hedges, and Frank Dorland. But the mythology now includes many more promoters, all of whom profit from the gullibility of crystal devotees, as they are called, and New Age practitioners. So, who was Frederick Mitchell A. Hedges? Well, he spent a good deal of his life as a deep-sea fisherman. He wrote at least two books and I don't know, numerous articles about fishing. Stories about uh, fish that got away are legendary, but Mitchell Hedges even took fish stories to a new level. He usually referred to his hobby as deep-sea research and apparently supplemented his income by actually selling tales of giant fish, sea monsters, and man-eating sharks to the Hearst newspaper chain. 
He made weekend trips to Caribbean islands where he claimed to have found sunken continents and lost tribes or explored territories unseen by white men while he battled with fish the size of whales and experienced constant life-threatening terrors. The dramatic stories that he told of danger and discovery are a regular feature in his writings, and the same is true in the published accounts by his uh, companion, Lady Richmond Brown, and his secretary, Jane Harvey Holson. Now, it's not surprising that his adopted daughter, Anna, would carry on in this tall tale, this tradition of tall tales. Now, after Anna Mitchell Hedge's long life has passed, her widower, Bill Homan, has taken it upon himself to carry on the family business, which is, of course, profiting off of this fake crystal skull. So, as I said, Anna, let me get through my notes here, Anna Mitchell Hedges said that she actually was the one that found the skull and not her father. And she waited to come out with this uh, shocking revelation after her her dad, F.A. Mitchell Hedges, died. So just who exactly is responsible for, quote-unquote, finding the skull, F.A. Mitchell Hedges says he did it, Anna said she did it. Her famous story is that she was uh, climbing up, uh, I think it was behind one of the pyramids, um, and fell into a hole and uh, looked down after she fell into the hole and saw this uh, shining, gleaming object. And she reached down to pick it up to see what it was, and it was the bottom jaw of the skull. Of course, completely, totally unblemished after 3,600 years, not a scratch on it. And uh, she brought it up to her dad. He he had somehow managed to dig her out of the hole, rescue her out of the hole or whatever. Um, brought it up to her dad. He was like, oh, my God, this is something amazing. And uh, she was the only one that was able to get down into the hole. So they lowered her back down in there. And uh, for her to find the rest of the skull. And lo and behold, miraculously, she found the rest of the skull. So that's basically her story. Now, there are all kinds of stories out there about the skull and what it can do. I've already talked about where it was actually. Excuse me. Wow. So hiccup there. I've already talked about where it was. Where it was probably made which was nowhere near Lubantun. And it damn sure wasn't made 3,600 years ago. So many people have studied this skull, and there are so many markings, or, or not markings, but there are so many um, claims about what it is and what it can do. And... The, the person that is really responsible for letting people study it is the widower of uh, Anna 
Mitchell Hedges. Bill Homan, he's the one, of course, that is left with this. And when he married Anna Mitchell Hedges, she was significantly older than he was, which is really weird. I think, and I'm not the only one that thinks this, it's my opinion that he married her strictly because of the money that she had and basically for the crystal skull. My not-so-humble opinion. <laughs> um, anyway, she's been dead for several years. Several, several years. And he has carried on this family business of profiting off of this fake relic. And uh, he's the one who's actually let people study the skull over and over and over again. Now, I don't know if this is because he actually has bought into this whole mythology that surrounded the skull or if he thinks that we're all just that stupid, or maybe he's that stupid. I, I don't know. I've seen, I've never talked to the man, okay? So I don't personally know him. But I've seen several interviews with him, and he does not, to me, seem like the sharpest hack in the box, if you know what I mean. So I I think that he's probably, I don't know, maybe he gave him the pressure. I don't know, but I, I, I think he was kind of, uh, it was not a smart move for him to let people study this skull. So, like I was saying, there are all kinds of stories about and claims about what it can do. It's supposed to be some kind of transmitter or dimensional doorway for communication. It's supposed to be able to uh, um, contact the dead. You're supposed to be able to predict the future with it. One man by the name of Joshua Sapiro claims to be able to communicate with it. And and he's not the only one. There are several people who claim to actually be able to communicate with it. Of course, this is totally and completely false. There's a man named uh, Dr. Eric Goodyear. Um, he is from DeMontfort University in Leicester, uh, Leicester, uh, Leicester, yeah, Leicester, England. He conducted uh, EEG tests on the skull, and there is no electrical or any other activity coming from it at all. There's another widely held belief that the skull contains holographic images of the past, the present, and the future. Now, another professor, also of De Montfort University, his name is uh, Professor Martin Richardson. He is an expert in holography, or holography, I guess that would be the more correct pronouncement. Anyway, Professor Martin Richardson, he's an expert in holography. He conducted a simple test where a uh, laser light was shown through the skull at various angles, like just by any, any angle you could think of to show it through. And of course, guess what? There were no holographs seen coming from the skull. Um, another little interesting story that I was able to find when I was uh, doing research for this show is um, a lady by the name of Gloria Nuss, who is a forensic facial reconstruction artist, uh, actually got hold of the crystal skull. She, she works for the San Francisco, California Sheriff's Department. So in 2011, she 
reconstructed the face of the skull and had some very surprising results out of this. Now remember, this skull was supposedly created by the Mayans about 3,600 years ago. So if this is true, then the features should be consistent with those of Central America, specifically people of, of the Mayan culture, the Mayan people at that time. But what Nuss found, however, was that the actual face of the skull was that of a young European woman. This suggests that it wasn't created by ancient Mayans 3,600 years ago, obviously. Now, another woman, Jane Walsh of the Smithsonian Institute, examined the Mitchell Hedges skull back in 2007, and she was able to make molds of various sections of the skull and found that the, the polish and the smoothness of the skull was consistent with tools and equipment. Modern, not modern day like we have today, but 20th century tools and equipment. And of course, this rules out the possibility of it being handmade as what Mitchell Hedges and his daughter and her widow claim. Therefore, it can't be Mayan, and it can't be ancient. Now, how I originally got interested in the crystal skull was I saw some documentary, oh my gosh, probably back in 2006 or seven, something of that. Um, I, had, I had heard of the skull, but that's really all I had done was, was heard of it. Um, I hadn't actually, I didn't actually know that much about it at that time. And I saw some documentary and, uh, of course it had, uh, some clips of Anna Mitchell Hedges, uh, talking about it. And it told all about her father, F.A. Mitchell Hedges. Uh, but the, the main person on there was, was her widower, Mr. Bill Holman. And he was talking about all these things that the crystal skull can do. And so I, I kind of did some research on it. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I was actually fascinated with it. I'm not going to say that I bought in completely to everything that... Um, Hobson claimed, and Mitchell Hedges claimed that it could do, but um, I was duped. I, I was, I was, I gotta list myself among the gullible out there. I was, I was definitely duped, and uh, I actually did a show. Oh gosh, probably around the same time. Um, in an earlier episode of Parareality Radio on the Skull of Doom. And I, I will try, well, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to try. I will. I will eventually replay that episode of Parareality Radio here on the website. Um, if, if you've been listening or been a frequent visitor, visitor, of the website, you'll know that what I'm doing is I'm playing my uh, older 
episodes of, of Life 365, the Life 365 show. I'm playing that in order as I broadcast them. So the Skull of Doom show is coming up. Let's see. I'll tell you exactly. Let me pull this up on my computer since I'm sitting right here. And I'll tell you exactly when. Dramatic silence. Let's see here. Uh, when did I do the Skull of Doom show? Hmm. It was... Well, I don't have it here. Damn it. I thought I had it here. Ah, there it is. It wasn't until uh, September of 2006. Yeah, so this was right after, um, sometime not too long after I had uh, first found out about the Skull of Doom. Um, so, yeah, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only like, hmm, maybe a quarter of the way through season one and this was in season three. So it's probably not going to be any time soon. I, I would say, you know, I'll go ahead and play the show uh, just because I can, but I, I want to do it in order. So, you know what, if you want to hear the show, if you want to hear the earlier version of the show, just uh, send me an email, Sandman at parareality dot com. And I will send you uh, a link where you can download the show. So you can listen to the original show that I did on the Skull of Doom and compare it to this one and just see basically how my opinion has changed. And basically the reason that my opinion has changed is because, um, well, you know, if you're a longtime fan of the show, I have always described myself as an open-minded skeptic. And I am constantly doing research and looking up things. And as I find information about stuff, new information about stuff, sometimes that information that I find makes me change my mind. And I am not uh, too proud to say that I was wrong. And in this case, you know, I was a, not a, not a stone cold diehard believer of the skull, but I was a believer in the skull because I really wanted it to be, Ancient. Not that I wanted it to, to have all of these mystical powers or anything like that, but I wanted it to be ancient. I wanted it to be actually created 3,600 years ago by the Maya and us not really be able to know how they did it. And I was duped. Um, I admit it. I was wrong. I was fooled. And I, you know, I always try to admit my mistakes. I try to admit when I was wrong. And in this case, I was wrong. So that's why I am doing this show because it's kind of like okay here's an update on the the skull of doom it's fake it's not real the ancient maya did not create it so anyway that's kind of my little background story about how i became interested in the skull and then of course i saw uh 
like I said, several documentaries about it. And then um, last year, uh, sometime last summer, I saw another actual two-hour documentary about um, all the latest findings that they had, had done starting in 2007 all the way up until really to 2011 about all the testing that had been done on the skull and about how uh, basically everything that they had been claiming that was uh, true about the skull and everything they were claiming that the skull could do, um, you can't do anymore. Uh, you can't, you, you, you can't prove. That's what I was trying to say. Um, and actually as a result of that documentary, uh, um, what's his name? Hobson has now, um, Bill, Bill Holman, not Hobson, Bill Holman, who is the, the owner of the skull, the, the, the curator of the skull, he now has totally and completely um, taken the skull off the market, so to speak. It's not displayed anymore. You can't see it. He doesn't lend it out for testing. Uh, basically, all he does, uh, he, he hasn't even been on a, a documentary show or a radio show that I am aware of. And I'm sure that he's been on some radio show somewhere, maybe even coast to coast, but nothing that I'm aware of. Uh, he hasn't been seen since that documentary came out to even try to dispute it. Because really, I mean, it's been shown beyond a shadow of a doubt that the skull is fake. Uh, so he's got it locked up somewhere, can't see it, can't check it out for studying. It's totally locked up. No one's going to be able to touch it anymore, but he's still trying to profit off of it. Now he's calling it the skull of love. I don't know who his publicist is on that, who came up with that idea. But once again, like I said, I, I don't think he is the sharpest tack in the box. So he probably came up with it himself. I think I could have, or at least I would have liked to, to, to think that I could have come up with something that was a little bit better than that. So, like I said, the, the the skull is no longer available for viewing or lending out, which that in itself just goes to show, yeah, it's it's all fake, and he knows it. So he's keeping it quiet, or he's, you know, keeping it to himself, the skull, that is. So if you're listening to the show and you have heard something otherwise where it's showing to not be fake, or if you know of a radio show or a television show or something of that nature that uh, he has been on, and when, when I say he... I'm talking specifically about Bill Holman. If you know of a a show that Bill Holman has been on, uh, radio or, or, or otherwise, um, email me and let me know because I would be interested in, in hearing what he has to say about all of this new study, all the research that's, that's been shown that the skull is fake. Um, I'd like to know how he is trying to explain away all this. So what we have here is we've had the skull being studied by two professors at 
in Leicester at De Montfort University. One did EEG test on it and showed that there's no kind of electrically any other or any other activity coming from it. Another, who is an expert in holography, conducted holography experiments on it and shown that there is no holograms in it. We've had a facial reconstruction artist who's shown that the skull is not someone who was should have the appearance of a Central American person 3,600 years ago. It's actually a European female. And we've had someone who has looked at the skull and found that the, the polished smoothness of the skull is consistent with 20th century tool works. Now, there are also all these studies about uh, Hewlett-Packard did uh, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of studying in it with it and showed that, uh, you know, it could hold all this information because, you know, crystal quartz or quartz crystal, should I say, is uh, they use that in computer chips and computer technology to hold and store info. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. We do use that. And it is a quartz crystal, so it probably is capable of holding a lot of information, just like Hewlett-Packard said. However, there's no information stored in it. It may be capable, but it's it doesn't have anything in it. There's absolutely no evidence that there's any type of information stored on the in the skull whatsoever. So, oh, and also, how could I forget? We also have the evidence, the brochure that uh, has been found where it listed the crystal skull for sale at Sotheby's auction where Mitchell Hedges actually purchased the skull. Uh, In 1943, October the 15th, 1943. So, which, you know, that's also suspect itself. If he found it back in 1927, as he claims he did, why did he wait damn near 20 years before he, quote-unquote, produced the skull? All very, very uh, strange. Lot, you know, a lot of circumstantial evidence surrounding Mitchell Hedges himself. He was not an explorer that he claimed to be. He was known to tell tall tales, and this was just another one. So... Everything about Mitchell Hedges is basically, his whole entire life is basically a lie. The only thing that's not a lie about his life is the fact that he was a liar. (laughs) That's the only truth that you can say about the life of F.A. Mitchell Hedges. So there we go. The skull is a fake. The way it was found was a fake. Everything about it is fake. It's totally a fake artifact. It's a falsehood goes right along in line with the discoverer himself, F.A. Mitchell Hedges. His daughter continued the legacy, and now her widower, Mr. Bill Holman, is carrying that legacy on. I don't know whether it's out of, uh, I said Holman, Holman, Bill Holman. I don't know whether it's out of stupidity or desperation or maybe he's, maybe he just thinks we're stupid. I don't know. But the, the 
crystal skull, the skull of doom, the F.A. Mitchell Hedges skull, is an absolute fake. If you think otherwise, if you think you have proof otherwise, email me, Sandman at Parareality, and let me know. If you want to hear my original show that I did on the Skull of Doom, where I was saying, oh yeah, this could be real, email me, Sandman at Parareality.com, and let me know, and I'll send you a link where you can download said show, if you don't want to wait for it to come up in rotation for me to play it. Um, well, that really does it for tonight's show. I'm kind of, kind of done a little bit early. (coughs) Excuse me. I hope that you enjoyed the show this evening. Let me know what you thought about it by, uh, sending me an email. Once again, email address is sandman at parareality.com. Also, please remember to visit my website, www.parareality.com. You can find out all kinds of information about the show on the website. You can listen to the current and past episodes of the show from there. Uh, and if you click on the Extras tab, you can um, join the official Parareality Radio Forum. It's free to join. We don't send spam and all that sorts of stuff out. Uh, the forum is li- is left over from the the from before I retired from broadcasting before I came back, uh, and I'm trying to get it back up and running again. If you are in a prior member of the forum and you need your your username, password, and stuff like that, send me an email, sandmanatparareality.com, and I will reset your your password or send you your password and uh, your username. So it's free to join. So uh, help me get the forum back up and running. we got all kinds of topics to talk about. There's anything from ghosts, spirits, poltergeists, all kind of paranormal stuff, cryptozoological stuff, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, UFOs, aliens, and just about any other thing that you want to talk about. So uh, click on the Extras tab on Parareality.com, and you can join the official forum. Like I said, it's free to join. You can also shop in the Parareality radio store, and you can even watch some show videos and other stuff while you're there. Remember, I did a uh, very pitiful, poor attempt at an internet television show. Uh, I did 13 episodes, and uh, yeah, lucky number 13. It was horrible, (laughs) really, really horrible, especially the first two. Oh, my gosh, the first two were bad. Uh, But I am um, playing those on parareality.com under the extras tab and uh, a new thing that I've that I've got started I just did this uh, actually earlier in the month is I have my own YouTube channel now uh, you can go to YouTube and look for parareality one that's parareality with the number one out beside it I'm gonna have uh, show videos there um, and some other documentary type stuff and maybe some some videos that I will put together myself just uh all kinds of stuff related to the show and the paranormal and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I also have a side project called Set It Off, which is a 30-minute, a, a half-hour radio show that I do every so often. And I did a, a – I was playing around with my webcam, and I actually videoed myself doing the Set It Off show, and I've got it up and playing there too. Um, I've got two dislikes on that. Very disappointing. <laughs> but, you know, what the hell. So uh, – Go to YouTube, check it out, Parareality1 on YouTube. Uh, 
Let's see. What else? Uh, don't forget to look me up on Facebook. Go to Facebook and type in Sandman.Parareality. You can hear the show from Facebook as well if you want to, and you can also find about more, uh, more about what's going on in the world of Parareality. My next show, everyone's going to be available on Monday, April the 1st, 2013, April Fool's Day. So make sure you turn on, tune in to find out, 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. And uh, by the way, um, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know that I'm up for two paranormal awards. I'm up for the uh, 2013, uh, excuse me, the 2020, yeah, 2012 uh, European podcast awards as personality of the year how i got nominated into that's a mystery but uh so i've made it past the uh first round of voting and i'm in the second round which uh should be announced uh the winners of the second round should be announced on the first of march and then after that is the final round so i'm halfway through so all of you people who voted for me and put me through to the second round. Thank you very much. I don't expect to win because I'm not in Europe anywhere close to Europe. But uh, whoever, however, I got nominated for that is, like I said, like a, a mystery. How how that uh, whole thing was accepted on that nomination. But anyway, um, so um, thank you for those of you who me through to the second round. I really appreciate it. And the other award that I'm up for is um, it's called the Paranormal Awards. And uh, Parareality Radio is up for Radio Show of the Year. Um, this is put on by Cece Carroll. She's also known as Cece the Huntress. And uh, this show is going to be, or this this award show is going to be in April sometime uh, in. Uh, I think it's New Hampshire. I can't remember. I don't have the information sitting right here in front of me. But uh, this is this is not a vote and win type thing. This is uh, people are nominated, and they're uh, it goes before a panel of judges, and they judge you on professionalism and and uh, show quality, consistency, theme, all that sorts of stuff. And there are lots of different categories. It's not just obviously radio shows. Um, radio show is the category that I am up for an award in. So, uh, wish me luck on that. And, um, you probably heard the commercial there. So, uh, anyway, that about does it for the show. Um, like I said, let me know what you thought about it by uh, sending me an email, parareality.com. Everyone, I hope that this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way that you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you again next month. going to leave you with a little bit of Montrose, and this is... Rock Candy, go Sammy Hagar.